Hello everyone, welcome to your Friday episode of Private Parts. Um, today, on the episode, we're here with Georgia Harrison. Uh, now, I actually met Georgia um, at the very beginning of my television career. When I was doing MIC, I was a complete plonker. I met her in Marbella. I thought I was the coolest kid in the world. Hopefully, she doesn't remember it, but she might do, so we're going to bring that up, see what happens. Um, but also, Georgia went through a horrific time where she was a victim of what I know it as is revenge porn. And I think she will um, educate me in the right terminology and different things. Um, she's been through a hell of a lot and she's come out the other side. So we really want to delve into what actually happened and how it went on. And hopefully it's going to be a really inspiring episode. Be warned that you may be triggered by some of these things, but we're going to make sure that we leave links in the description for places you can reach out if you need to, if you are suffering with um, some sort of abuse as well. Um, okay, let's get into it. Remember, please subscribe. Follow us on all Instagrams and Twitters and TikToks and YouTubes at Private Podcast. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, here it is with Georgia Harrison. So, okay, how long do you think I've been pestering you to come on the podcast? It's been a while. It's been well over a year, hasn't it? Yeah. And to be fair, I've been wanting to do it for ages. I just haven't been able to. And when you see me slide into your DMs and do it, you're just like, fuck, there's that guy again. What the fuck is he doing? No, I was really excited. Like, I'm a fan of your podcast and I think you're brilliant. So it is something I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I thought you were keen, but, you know, it was nice. So keen. <laughs> oh, my God. I couldn't be more keen. But but we met ages ago. Yeah. I was telling the guys, I I, I think we met ages ago when uh, I was in Marbella. Yeah. I think I was drunk and I probably tried to flirt with you or something like that. I mean, I think everyone, including your friends, were a bit flirty. But oh I was I was trying God. to think about this the other day, right? And, you know, I actually almost got fired because of that. Do you sort of Are remember? You, what? Do you not really remember, like, the layout of what happened? Okay, I don't remember much. I was just, let's just, just for the record, everybody, I was very drunk, okay? And I was young and I thought I was really cool. And I obviously was not. And I remember we met and what happened? So this was in like your party days. I think you was with Francis yeah. and, and your other friend, maybe Warren. I'm not mm. sure. Yeah. And me and my friends were working as promoters for like clubs. Yeah. And I think you guys were getting looked after. Basically, like it was scintillate. We were promoting for them. Yeah. And you were out there and getting looked after by them. And we were meant to be in the streets, like giving out leaflets and getting everyone to come in the clubs. And you guys were like, well, we're not going in the club if you don't come in with us. That's ridiculous. Like, just come in. No one's ever going to know. Like, you're not going to get in trouble. But we were meant to be working till like <laughs> 2 a.m. or something like that. So we knew it was wrong. But in our heads, we're just like, you know, we can't let down like the celebrity guests oh and my god oh my god honestly i'm about to vomit on this side. Yeah. god that's not no well, we were excited we thought it was going to be a laugh and we didn't want to work either to be honest but yeah. i think we all thought we'd get away with it and we all went to like tv restaurant yeah. and had like a crazy night out and it just ended up all over social media <laughs> and like we got called in the office the next day we got like our whole paycheck taken off us for that month are you serious no, no but that was a good thing because we were really entitled to get fired to be fair like no 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 hang on they took away your whole paycheck because i invited you for dinner no but we were meant to be working we were literally meant to be at work and we decided that we would just come with you guys and just completely <laughs> act like we were at work but really just have it off in the club which we're meant to be promoting so 
I owe you money. You do sort of, yeah. How much money do I owe you? Oh, what? probably not a lot, like 400 euros. Uh, listen, hey, a deal, a, a deal's a deal. I gotta give you 400 euros. I mean, I'd ring the other boys, tell them to put in, because they were all, they, they, they <laughs> all cause this. <laughs> oh my God. But it was a good night. It was worth it, I think. I miss those days sometimes. Yeah. Being yeah. young and just like having fun. I feel like now though, as we get older, like that kind of like, Social media kind of slightly ruined everything. You can't then, I remember when I was really young going to parties, no one ever knew what you were doing. You were just going out and having like a fun time and no one knew anything. I remember you standing on the edge of the oh table God. and there was all like girls trying to come around the table because you were just so famous at that time. And I remember you were like kissing them all on the cheek on uh, the side of the face. You know, like almost like rock star vibes. Get out of here. No It was in TV. God, just my ego. You were working the crowd. I just thought I was so, I mean, if I was me now looking back at me then, I would just think what a prick. Like I honestly, for whatever reason, don't know, like, ah. Uh, it was strange back then. And and I don't know about you, but I was always like so desperate to be on television and do television and yeah. be entertainment. Did you ever have that as well? Yeah, of course. Like like when I was around that age, I would see people like you guys and also the Towie guys absolutely smashing it. And like, it was really, really fun. And also like, when you look at things like that, it's just a bunch of people who are so excited to see you and meet you because yeah. they've seen you on TV. And like, why not be the person that puts on a show when you see them? Like... We're a bit old for it now, but when you first sort of get on the telly, it's just so excited to meet people and really just lap up the attention. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Essex. Whereabouts in Essex? In Loughton. Where's, Essex is like Texas. It's honestly enormous. So I feel like everyone sort of navigates their understanding of Essex around Sheesh. It's like Sheesh is a compass and that's all anyone really gets. So I'm about 15 minutes from Sheesh. You're 15 minutes yeah. from Yeah. And do you still live there now or in the area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in Abridge at the moment. I'm yeah. actually living with my mum. Are you? Yeah. So it's a long story, but I had a flat somewhere that I don't really intend to go back to. So it's taken me a while to get the funds together to get another place. But I've had my mortgage accepted this week. Mm. So after like a year or two of staying back with my mum, I'm going to be moving back into my own place. And I love my mum, but oh my God, I can't fucking wait. Like... Man, living, I, I remember lockdown, I went down to my mum's house. I love my mum, right? But honestly, that's how murders happen. Because I was going to kill her and hide her under the floorboards. Because she was, honestly, it was like living with like a school teacher. I was like, like I'm 30 or whatever I was back yeah. then. So like, this is just crazy. Yeah. It, I don't know why that happens. So you you have a fact, you don't want to go back to the flat? No, so, so my flat was opposite uh, my ex-partner's, which is obviously like quite a public thing. And because it was opposite his when everything happened I was like there's no way I can go back there so I had to I just never went back there my mum took all of my stuff out which was quite upsetting and that's when I ended up moving back in with my mum because like I couldn't even rent at that point so I just had everything into that property but you know I think at this point now if I wanted to I could go back there but there's just too much happened there there's so many memories from like old friends as well and I'm just so ready to move on mm. but yeah. how are you doing at the moment I'm doing really well I think I'm in a really good place at the moment the best yeah. place I've been in in a long time because um I mean look you can talk about as much as you want to talk about or not talk about anything at all right what you've been through shit man like I'm so sorry thank you yeah it's uh, it's 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 tough going through that personally just doing that in you know, talking about like social media and stuff like that, but going through that just silently is hard enough, let alone it being in the press. Yeah. And having to deal with that just publicly and all those different things. Yeah. Um, 
but you're feeling okay now yeah a lot better and I remember you being one of the first people to reach out like when yeah. it first happened and I really appreciated that and it was crazy because for so long I couldn't speak about it could I so I wanted to come on the podcast but I couldn't really do anything for a certain amount of time and you know now I'm in a place where I've really got to speak about it and the whole public sort of have got behind me on it and even though there's still things that do bother me about the situation I've definitely moved on and definitely healed from it. Mm. It's funny, right? Because, um, and again, just honestly feel free what you want to talk yeah. about, right? It, it, what happened with you is your ex-partner, um, he uh, put out revenge porn. That's what someone would call it, right? Yeah, or image-based sexual abuse, they like to call it now. So can you explain the different terminology just so I understand it? So some, I mean, I've got an incredibly thick skin believe it or not so yeah. I don't get offended that easy by, by like wording and stuff but yeah. there's like a lot of victims who were getting very offended by the term revenge porn because firstly it intended that they'd done something wrong to have to have that happen to them so it's revenge when really a lot of them didn't even do anything to deserve it yeah and then the word porn offends them too because you know it technically wasn't porn even for people that filmed it themselves it was footage that was meant to be kept private. It wasn't in like intended to be porn or, mm. you know, so I think they get a lot of people complain that it was offending them. So they've changed it to image-based sexual abuse, which is a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But I get, I get why, because it, it's porn also has its sort of terminologies, which can be offensive to some people in certain ways. And so you don't really want to say it's porn when it's, yeah. Yeah. So image-based sexual abuse. Yeah. Okay. And, and your ex did, you know, did this to you. And I mean, how did you find out about it? How did that all, I mean, I, again, I don't want to bring you back to this terrible place, but just for my own knowledge, because I just don't understand how someone can do that. So it, it went on for a long time from, it wasn't like until it got really viral. That was about six months after the actual incident. So he admitted to having filmed it on the day and promised it wouldn't go anywhere. And to be honest, the more I tried to make a thing out of it, because we were still drunk at the time when he told me, the more he began to sort of gaslight me and be like, you know, you're going crazy. I would never do it on purpose. I didn't know the cameras were there. Like you always, you know, like you do forget that you're having sex for 20 minutes in front of your own camera. Mm. And like, yeah, he just sort of gaslit me to think like that I was just over-exaggerating and I was making it into a thing that it wasn't. And I thought for a while it had gone away. I made it like implicitly clear that he was not to do anything with that footage and he was to delete it. And a few months later, I started hearing from like people around my area that he had shown them the footage. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so that to me was like horrifying, but also still, you know, this man's got his own career on track still. He's got a lot to lose. He's showing them, which is making me feel sick. But I still haven't heard that he's took the move to actually send it to anyone because that is when... You know, it's life-changing and people are going to find out. I'm sorry. So you're living in this constant state of anxiety where there's someone yeah. has you almost as a prisoner. Yeah. Where you don't want to say anything to them to, I imagine, I'm just, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine if it was from my position, if someone's had something almost like the way they were black, they, they could blackmail me. You don't want to say anything to them. You don't want to anger them. You don't want to upset them just in fear that they're going to put this image anywhere or send it to anyone. Yeah, well, I mean, it was more just the fear of, is this going to go somewhere? And every time I did say something, either to him or any of his family, all they would say was that, you know, this isn't happening or that I'm not telling the truth. And it was like really starting to send me send me mad because I knew that people had seen it because, 
you know, that video exists, so they're not making it up. Almost, the limbo stage was almost worse than actually finding out that it's out there now because I had so long of thinking, you know, how do I keep this quiet? Like, why, why would he keep doing that to me? Like, it was really upsetting. And after months of, like, constantly saying, look, he's showing people, I know he is, and all of the people that were telling me were young men. They didn't want to go to the police or make any sort of a formal statement, which... You know, I understood and I also just appreciated the fact that they were telling me when so they didn't want So he was showing it. it to random people? He was he was showing it to people he didn't know very well, yeah. Yeah. Who For what reason? What what is what is the reason for someone to do that? That's what I mean. I, I'll never really understand it. I think to feed your ego, I suppose. He sort of got to the stage where I think this is the way that I actually always look at it. I think he was praised so much for being bad on reality television, for mm. being this person that treated women badly and done all these bad things and still got all of this sort of love and support from the British public, that that almost blurred reality for him. And I think it got to a stage where he then wanted to be infamous in the real world. He wanted to play this villain role. And it's like he stopped, he forgot how to stop playing it when the cameras were gone. It's like, He'd done it in reality as well. This is your ex, Stephen Bat, who you're talking about, right? And and I sort of understand that. I think that's what happens with a... It, it's funny, I, was, I spoke to an actor once who said acting is a psychologically quite, quite a hard thing when you do it for so long because you play so many characters. You actually forget who you are. Yeah. You forget your own emotions, especially if you go in-depth and you method into these things. That's what happens. And when I did Made in Chelsea for 10 years or whatever it was, I remember we would film like 160 days a year, whatever it was. It was crazy. I was doing it for 10 years. You know, in the scene of Made in Chelsea, what would happen is that same as you had it with, you know, your TV work, you probably have the same thing. You go into a scene or whatever it is, and in the scene, you do the first one, you're funny or you're entertaining or you're uh, good at arguing, whatever. And then you go onto Twitter or social media or whatever it is, and someone goes, oh my God, you're quite funny. And so yeah. you then go, oh, I've got to be funny in every scene. Yeah. So then you go into every scene, you have to be funny. And so then you become this heightened, volumed up version of yourself. Yeah. And then what happens is with in my position is that I did it for so long is that when I wasn't in a scene, I felt like I still had to be this person all the time. And so I definitely, yeah. that sense of reality and what was real and what wasn't kind of got blurred. Yeah, like you struggled to take things seriously totally, or just be yeah. calm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. So that's that's what ha obviously what happened to him. So... You're in this situation and this this video of you and him, you know, this is, you're in a relationship with this guy. Not at the time. Not at no, the time, but before, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we'd we been in a relationship on TV shows. So yeah. we'd done the challenge together and we filmed it together for eight weeks in the Namibian desert. So yeah. it was literally us two and like two other English people and loads of American people we didn't know. So it was quite intense for that amount of time. But, like, we'd also, you know, we had a really close friendship. We lived opposite each other. Like, we filmed together multiple times. And it was, yeah. Did you love him at any point? <sighs> I wouldn't ever say I looked at him as someone that I would think, look, I could settle down with you and have a relationship with you and this will go somewhere. But definitely when we were first on the challenge, I had love for him, yeah. I did love him at the time. Not as intense as a serious relationship, but, yeah, I did. I had a lot of love for him. That's hard, right? It must yeah. be really hard. Yeah, and I'd I'd already been always been good to him and kind to him, so that's quite hard as well. How, how closed off does it make you as an individual? Because I, you know, I, I maybe I'm sort of reading into it a little bit, but 
and I'm and again I'm going to put it on myself if, if something like this happened to me I'd find it so hard to trust people yeah and I and I wouldn't know what I can say or what not to say or talk about or whatever do you do do you find it hard to talk about it um I, I mean I've got quite used to talking about it now and I definitely yeah. think it helps but in a way I do like, I think at the time when I'm talking about it, I feel okay. Yeah. But then sometimes, like, throughout the day, I can feel a bit, like, a bit low. And I think, oh, why, why do I feel like that? But it's just my body. The amount of people that have, that have been victims to this is yeah. wild. And I only noticed that because, like I said, I reached out to you when it happened. And, and then I could just see in the press and see the comments and see, this happens so much. So much. And the amount I see it on social media take, takes my breath away. But I've also now got to the point where... Everywhere I go, I so often have people coming up to me crying, like feeling really overly emotional, saying, you know, it's happened to them and they've they've never really had anyone to talk to about it and they, and they love to speak to me about it. And it's crazy to think that I can go to so many places and there's always at least one or two victims in there. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. That's pretty amazing that you get to to yeah be a voice for yeah. these women, men, whoever it is. Yeah, having ha- you know, because I don't think there's a. Uh, I'm sure there is a spokesman, but being a spokesman, you must help so many people. Yeah, and I definitely feel like I have, and that's the one positive I can take from this. I know it's made a big difference to lots of young men and women, and also hopefully it can be a bit of a prevention because I think like seeing my story will put a lot of people off of causing this, of doing this sort of a crime because they can understand how damaging it can be and also what the consequences can be. Just, just, uh, just I, before we move on, because I know this, we, we don't want to dwell on this, but what does it do to someone's mental state? How, how, what, do you, what, happens, what happened to you in terms of your head? I always say like I, I can really compare it to grieving and it's something that comes on in like waves of emotions and like sometimes you're not sure if, if you're entitled to feel that way or not but the main thing you usually feel is just ashamed really really hurt and you just sort of you lose a part of yourself for a while it really makes you devalue yourself in a way and I think for people that don't get to talk about it it can eat them up inside to be honest yeah you gotta be open and talk about it right yeah you feel violated. That's the word. You oh, just feel absolutely violated. That's the that's the best word. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're you're campaigning against uh, image based sexual abuse. Yeah. 
And uh, how does the campaigning work? So actually, my, my reason for campaigning was to amend the law, which I successfully done about, I think, a month or two about a month or two ago now so I'm probably going to have to choose a new campaign but the way it worked was firstly I was doing lots of television appearances mm -hmm. where I got to meet some really influential people so on GMB I met Ed Balls and I just he's like, a good dude he's great yeah he's a good he's dude. great and and he opened some doors for me and I said look I really feel like this needs to change and he was like well I, I reckon you can do it and he put me in touch with some MPs and I ended up meeting with Caroline Noakes, who's an MP, and she's a massive campaigner for violence against women and girls. And she asked me to come down to the Houses of Parliament, which I was shitting myself to do. I was yeah. like, I can't believe they're letting me in from Towie to Parliament. <laughs> um, and it literally just went from there. she done everything she possibly could to get it into motion. And in the meantime, i just done what I could to support charities with whatever campaigns. I think at one point I was with Women's Refuge and we were all outside Parliament with like campaign boards and everything, like proper like old school campaigning. Wow. They didn't want me to burn my bra, but I wouldn't. They didn't. They, no. oh my God, that's epic. <laughs> yeah. That must be really like empowering. Yeah, it is really empowering. I think it's still sinking in that it, it had the effect that it did. That's insane. It, it does make me think though, and Warren, I don't know what your thoughts are, just on people who, you know, decide to do OnlyFans at such a young age and then realize they can't take images back. It does worry me a little bit. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, I think it, it is... It's looked at as not the porn industry, but a lot of the time it ends up that way. And I just think yeah. for young girls, you've got to really think of, don't think about like how much money you want today or how much money you want right now. Think about who you want to be in five to 10 years, like what you want to achieve. And if that is someone that works in the porn industry, then go for it. Do you know what I mean? There's always going to be people that do enjoy that. But if that isn't, then you need to really have a think about it before you let these images and videos go onto the web where they could potentially be out there for the rest of your life because they may stifle you in, in future careers. That is so right. You, 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 it's too short term sometimes, I think yeah. people think. And you've got to think long term. Yeah. If you're happy with that, then so be it and good on you and yeah. that's great. But if you're umming and ahhing or you're just presented with some cash and you think it's going to be quick cash... Maybe not yeah. the best idea to do it, right? And that's why I've never done it. Like a lot of my friends will be like, look, we're making like a hundred grand a month. Are you serious? And yeah. Well, especially like select people that are celebrities or, or reality yeah. stars. And they're like, you know, all we have to do is be in our underwear. Or like a lot of my friends will be on the side of like swimming pools and they'll just slap their bum on the water like that. And like they're literally making so much money. But for me, I, I didn't ever want short-term wow. money. I wanted to do, be like a presenter or you know, be someone in television that's taken quite seriously. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't do that. But I look at them and I think, do you know what's that that asked? Do you know what I mean? You're literally, you're making a hundred grand, but hundred yeah, grand? it's very tempting. hundred yeah. grand a month? Some of them, yeah. Yeah. That's 1.2. And guys. And guys. I know some guys from Love Island that make like a lot as well because there's less men on there. But yeah, I, it's so Are they tempting. quite secretive about it or no? Um, not, not many of them, no. Yeah, they're just out there doing it. Well, if, you, if you're doing it, why not do it? Yeah, so, but that's what, I mean, you've got to, th for them, that's what they want. They want, they want short-term money and they don't care in 10 years' time because they're never going to want to do any sort of a public career in the future. But for me, I would love to be a presenter. I'd love television. I want to carry yeah. on doing what I'm doing. So I would never take the short-term money because there will be a stigma attached to me in the future. I agree, I agree. Yeah. I think never take it. Short, short, always look at the long-term goal. Yeah. But you, you, but you've done. You've changed the laws. Yeah, 
this this is insane. Like yeah. that is insane. So just quickly explain. So the laws now changed to what? So we've managed to get an amendment in the law. So before you had to prove that there was an intent to cause distress. Yeah. So I always say it's like if I like threw a glass of water in your face and someone was like, you shouldn't do that. And they're like, well, you know, prove why you shouldn't have done it. It's like you shouldn't have to prove why you shouldn't do a bad thing. You just shouldn't do it. And so many girls weren't managing to get a conviction because they didn't have very obvious evidence that the man proved to hurt their feelings or whatever. It was it was quite ridiculous. So they've now removed that loophole. So anyone who sends explicit images or videos without consent, full stop, can face up to six months in prison. And then the intent will then come in on if there was an intent to cause distress, it can go up to 21 months. Wow. Yeah, which was amazing. That's insane. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Thanks. It was like so crazy going into the Ministry of Justice. and like, What is that like? Oh, it was just really overwhelming. Like I was so nervous and I don't usually get nervous. I had to meet um, Alex Chalk and he was like telling me about how the law's changing. And I just didn't know what to say. You know, we were just thinking like, don't, <laughs> don't be funny. Don't just like, what do you do? I don't know. But it was amazing. That's incredible. You, you know, we go through life and we have these like milestones that we want to hit and we want to do different things. And, you know, how, going and changing a law for the better. Yeah. You know, that's a, an amazing thing to achieve and do in in, 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 some, in one's life. Yeah, no, it really is. And I wanted to do it, but I never in a million years thought it would happen this quick. And like the government responded so quickly, like they really did listen. And I think as much as things like social media and people having a voice can be somewhat negative to society now, it also shows how people having a voice on social media and platforms to really speak about serious things can actually help as well because it can help sort of blur the lines between normal people and MPs and then being able to hear our issues are much easier. What are your views on social media now? What do you think about social media? I just think it needs to be regulated full stop and, and that's what the online safety bill is going to do and I think you know this isn't I like this is so wicked yeah yeah, keep, keep going, keep going. Yeah, no, I just think it's great. I'm so with you. I think it needs to be regulated 100%. Yeah, it needs to be regulated. I always say it's just like, it's like the normal world's regulated. So why isn't the virtual world when people are spending almost more time in the virtual world as they are in reality? Mm. And I think it's just algorithms as well. You need to think about what you're looking at as well, because whatever you're looking at, you're going to get pushed more of. So like, you know, sometimes like maybe I would always just look at all different girls and like them looking perfect and what they're wearing and what their clothes are and what jewelry they, they have. And that can sort of end up making you constantly compare yourself to others. So even though my feed's still a bit more like that now, I also look at spiritual teachers. I look at inspirational posts. I look at funny podcasts or girls that are sort of being relatable and showing their imperfections to make sure that whatever I'm looking at is actually giving me something for that day instead of just making me compare myself to others. It's funny though, it takes us a while to stop us comparing to others. Yeah. I, I don't know why we do it. I know, it's awful. It's freaking awful. I know. But I heard this <clears throat> crazy statistic, right, which is where we're meant to know 150 people typically. We're meant to have this village mentality. So we're meant to know 150 to 200 people. And out of those 150 to 200 people, we're meant to have our USP, our unique selling points. So something that makes us special. That can be we're the best at art, the best dancer, the best one at running races, the best one at, I don't know, rollerblading. So we all have our thing that makes us us. And so out of our village mentality, they go, oh, there's Jamie. He's great at doing the high jump. I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> Problem with social media is that you now uh, wake up, instead of 200 people, you wake up to a million people all the time. And 
everyone seems to be doing better than you are. Yeah. So you're constantly comparing ourselves. So when we're constantly comparing ourselves to other individuals who do the high jump or whatever it is, we use us, lose our sense of self. So yeah. then we give up on what we're meant to be doing because we think, well, we're never going to be as good as that person. We're never going to be as pretty as that person. We're never going to be as smart as that person. So we start giving up and then it actually leads us to not achieving what we should be achieving. That's a really weird way of looking at it. Like, that's not how <laughs> yeah. things were meant to be, is it's it? It's freaking not. We, we uh, like, sorry to get deep on it, but we were it, like, the whole point of social media was meant to connect people. And actually we've led ourselves to such disconnection because of it. Yeah. It's like not a good thing. Yeah. Would you take away social media? You could, or would you keep it? <gasps> I don't know. How would I pay my bills, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd find other ways for sure. We would find. I agree with you though. On that side of things, it's good though, right? Because yeah. you can get money out of it yeah. and stuff like that. But at the same time, I don't know about social media. Look, for us, it's a career. But honestly, if if I had the option to not have to be on my phone like for for long periods in the day, I would absolutely love that. Mm. Like, and I think if I if I'd done a career that didn't involve social media so much, I, I wouldn't be using it as much as I do whatsoever. Mm. My God, I just want to say this one thing, and then I can move on. You know, Steve Bear, he's he's been sent to prison he's in uh, 21 uh months in prison and um i'm gonna say you know it's a fucking good thing yeah, uh, yeah if i'm honest i i do want to talk about you you have a book as well yeah yeah it's called taking back my power amazing tell me about yeah. this what's the pro i i wrote a really bad book once <laughs> My book is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life. It was it was called what was my book called? It was called um, I Can Explain. What the fuck can what I? Did you explain it? Exact because I'm so crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm wild. I can explain. I can explain. Yeah, it was really bad. It wasn't. Is it that was. like if you've been caught for something, you go, I can explain. I think the idea was was that I had done so many crazy things in my life that I need to explain them, and honestly, no one read it. And as I was writing it, I said to the publisher, "By the way, guys, no one's going to read this," and they still went forward with it. I don't know why. At least you were honest. Yeah, I was trying to be honest. Tell me about your one. So. <laughs> You make me feel better now. Great build up. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. So mine's just sort of about the last couple of years. Like it, it will touch on some traumatic things that's happened because there were some other things that happened to me around the bear, it, a bear around the bear incident over the last couple of years. Mm. And you know, before all of these issues did come across my path, when I was younger, I was always obsessed with self help books. I've just always loved meditating. I've always loved sort of tasks that can help build your mental strength and I've just been weirdly obsessed with it I don't know why and I really feel that so many of those skills helped me get through the times that I've had and I really just want to sort of note down what I've been through but also try and give my readers like some tasks and some skills that they can do to navigate themselves through traumatic times Mm. because I think life's just like a beautiful mix of having to be resilient mm. and also having to be grateful. And in the times when you're really up and everything's going well for you, you just need to try and bask in gratitude the best you can. And in times when things just really aren't going your way, you have to really pull together, be resilient and do some research on how to navigate your way through things because everything does turn around eventually. But sometimes it can just feel like you've got absolutely no hope. And I just want my readers to know that when they are feeling hopeless, there are ways of getting through that and hopefully be inspired by me doing so. How, how When you feel hopeless, how do you get through it? What do you do? I think you have to give yourself time to grieve in certain situations. Like it can't be good to bottle up emotions. Eventually it can really bring you down. But I think the best thing to do is meditate for one, like being able to control your thoughts and understand how your body's feeling is so mm. important. 
shut yourself off from your phone, like literally just stay present and concentrate on doing tasks with friends and family members until you feel mentally well enough to get back out into the real world. Okay, everyone, that is the end of part one. Um, just go and click over to part two and you can hear the rest of the episode with Georgia Harrison. 